Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. You can find us on Twitter at the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast or uh, Spotify at the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined by two of my best friends, Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Jose. Yellow. Well, that was quite the uh, Thursday night game. I feel like we've been kind of spoiled on uh, the primetime games as of recently, actually for since the beginning. Um, New York Giants took on the Washington football team. And, Redskins. <laughs> and as an Antonio Gibson manager in many leagues, I currently hate my life. <laughs> um. We're going to go through a little Thursday night review here. Then we'll have some news and notes for you guys. We're going to go through every single matchup for the upcoming weekend. Uh, Tell you some guys that we think might be good starts. And then we're going to have our starts of the week at the very end. So let's get it going with the Thursday night review. Obviously, I think the standout uh, for the game was Mr. Danny Dimes slinging it, running it, doing it all. Um, and he's on no one's team or in anyone's starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was good to see, I guess, cause this is kind of what we wanted to see last year and, um, just, you know, wasn't, didn't really come to fruition. So two games in a row where he's had 20 plus fantasy points tonight, he was 31 for 22, 249, one passing touchdown. He had nine rushing attempts for 95 yards. Ten and a half yards per carry and a rushing touchdown. Would have had two without that penalty. Uh, finished the night with twenty nine point four six fantasy points. I got to tell you, myself from one year ago is loving that game. I already told you guys earlier, but I was so high on Daniel Jones for the draft for twenty twenty. I was assuming he was going to have a Josh Allen type season. Obviously, that didn't play out, and we saw what's possible tonight. Yeah, I think. Uh, Danny Dimes is going to be on some people's waiver wires list uh, next week. What a game. Tyler, any thoughts on Mr. Dimes? Uh, not on Danny Dimes himself. I mean, this is the thing we see from him periodically throughout every season so far, where you see like something special, and then yeah. next week he'll throw three picks. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, that's one of the things. Like He'll eventually he'll put it together. He's certainly somebody, especially if you're in a dynasty league, Like if he's not rostered for some reason and already in a dynasty league, definitely pick him up. Yeah, for sure. And he, everyone thought he was going to have a bad game because Washington football team has an excellent defense. Um, but he surprised everyone, so he proved he can do it against the toughest defenses in the league and definitely going to be rushing to add him probably in some dynasty leagues um, across the industry. I'm sure people will be. Oh, yeah, definitely dynasty leagues. And if for whatever reason you're in a situation where you have two quarterbacks, why is that not your second yeah. quarterback? Like, yeah, two key leagues. Keep, keep him back I mean, there. He's probably already claimed in those leagues i would imagine but on the off chance he isn't um i think another kind of standout was sterling shepherd um 10 targets nine receptions 94 yards uh 10.4 yards per catch he finished the night with 13 fantasy points we were sitting here watching the game and we're pretty surprised how often sterling was getting targeted it looked like danny was um more willing to to take the stuff underneath than 
you know, uh, hit the deep ball until later in the game. Oh, yeah, we saw it. And then when Danny Dines did go deep, people were dropping the ball. But I don't know how you would say that uh, Shepard was, like, kind of um, a, a big point in this game. It seemed like he was, like, the focal point of their offense. It, yeah. It reminded me of Darren Waller and the Raiders, except for Shepard was actually catching the ball in the first half. Yeah, well, I mean, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to let you know, I did let you guys know last week that Sterling Shepard should be on your waiver wire additions, and uh, I think you just proved that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> good good call. We'll put that on the imaginary tally. One for Big Urbach, zero for us so far this year. That's worth a sip of the old beer there. Uh, Kenny Galladay, um, tough night, and maybe that's why Sterling was targeting more. I think, yeah, Kenny Galladay's been dealing with some inju- uh, some injury issues. Uh, he still had eight targets, but he only turned that into three receptions, 38 yards, 5.3 fantasy points. Yeah, at this point, his ADP is looking like complete garbage, and it makes me feel good because I definitely I saw that all offseason, and I was like, who's justifying this? And we know by now, I mean, but Kenny Galladay was going in like the fifth, sixth rounds. Sterling Shepard was like three rounds behind him. We We see who's obviously having the output here and how ridiculous sometimes his preseason ADP rankings can be. Yeah. That's why you got to tune in, folks. We don't listen to that shit. <laughs> um, let's see. Barkley, uh, we knew he would probably pretty, be pretty limited uh, coming into tonight. That was some of the news uh, breaking before the game. 12 attempts, 54 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. He had three targets, two receptions, 12 yards. Finished with 7.6 fantasy points. Um, we planned on having this episode out Thursday morning had some scheduling issues. I think we probably would have told you to pivot from Barkley, uh, given the recent, uh, news. And I, I feel like they definitely don't want to, you know, rush him back in any form. So, um, you know, sucks for some people because obviously you're kind of forced to start him, but hopefully you had some depth there to, to pivot. Another, Disappointing night for Antonio Gibson on the other side of the ball. Uh, 13 attempts, just one more than Saquon Barkley. For 69 yards, he had a a 5.5 yard per carry average. Two targets, two receptions, four yards, 8.3 fantasy points. Yeah, during the fourth quarter, we were definitely wondering what was going on because he was not on the field, and it looked like to be the J.D. McKissick show in the backfield for the entire fourth quarter during all these crucial possessions during the red zone possessions, everything like that. If you're an Antonio Gibson owner, I'd be pretty worried right now. I mean, I wouldn't be completely worried because most of what J.D. McKissick was in was going to be uh, was more the two-minute drive, you know, two-minute drill type situation, you know, hurry-up offense. And, yes, Antonio Gibson's a great receiver out of the backfield. He played receiver in college. We know this. But they love J.D. McKissick, who also played receiver in college, so, like, don't forget that part. Uh, the bigger concern I have is that they went to the goal line they were on the one yard line, and they gave it to McKissick. Yeah, on a run instead of instead of Gibson. So because that's my concern. Apparently, Antonio Gibson can't play football if the clock is under two minutes. <laughs> I don't understand, um, especially actually late in the game when they're up one, and they have a chance to run the clock out, and you have a back that's averaging five and a half yards per carry. And on a third down, you decide to throw it for try to get a short dump to Terry McLaurin, and they, they throws a pick. And you have a guy that's averaging five and a half yards per carry on only thirteen attempts. Um, 
So I, I don't understand that. And obviously, you know, the, the final drive of the game, I don't understand not having your best player on your team, arguably, you know, him and Terry, of course. But Gibson, I think people would argue, is the best player on the team. Why is he not on the field? You know, in some fashion, slot, you know, you can have both of them on the field at the same time. That's not, uh, you know, something that can't be done. That's <laughs> So I, I, it's frustrating, obviously, but. Does Ron Rivera not realize that Antonio Gibson was the highest ADP player on his offense? <laughs> yeah. Put him out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I'm hoping maybe they're just saving him for later in the year, save some of the wear and tear. But yeah, it's uh, it's a little murky. Honestly, you bring up the point that you could put them both out wide on the same set. I didn't th- really think about that, but yeah, it's a great idea because like outside of Scary Terry and then like Logan Thomas, most people don't even know who their receivers are. Right. Like they have they have Humphreys, but like Humphreys is like a journeyman receiver. He's on a different team every single season. He's a poor man's Hunter Renfro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's crazy. Like they're he's probably they are probably two of your your top three receivers on the team, just in terms of like natural ability of catching the ball. Like they should be on the field together more often. Yeah, I mean, leading into JD McKissick now, he had four rushing attempts for ten yards, a uh, huge two and a half yard per carry. Uh, one touchdown uh, on the ground, four targets, four receptions for 76 yards. He finished with 16.6 fantasy points. And yet, I mean, I don't understand why you can't have Antonio in the backfield and, and McKissick split out wide because when he had that big reception down the sideline, McKissick was split out wide on that play. So, um, yeah, hopefully we see some of that going forward because – uh, it's it's hurting right now a little bit as a Gibson manager across many leagues myself. Um, so JD McKissick obviously had a a, a big night worth a, an ad um, if he's not already claimed. Terry McLaurin fourteen targets, eleven receptions, hundred and seven yards, nine point seven yards per catch, and a touchdown. He finished with twenty two point two fantasy points. I mean, if anybody was worried about. You know, Scary Terry's production with uh, Fitzpatrick out. Uh, go go ahead and rest easy because yeah. uh, you're going to be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, let, let's just be honest. Really, I mean, if anyone here loves Fitzpatrick, it's me. I've been high on him on multiple episodes. Taylor Heineke's obviously the better quarterback at this point. That, that's what I <laughs> you switched up real quick. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I, what? Hey, I I had never seen Tyler Heine- Taylor Heineke play, and just from what I've seen the, from the past two weeks. At least you couldn't blame the Redskins with um, if Fitzpatrick was injured and or wasn't injured and they benched him for Heineke, you couldn't really blame him for it. Yeah, I, I think Taylor um, is not scared to to throw it around and let his receivers make a play. So, you know, I actually want to make this comparison. You made this comparison last week about Zach Wilson, but I see a lot of Brett Favre and Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Just like kind of the swagger that he plays yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see a lot of. He's, de- I mean, definitely not talented. That's Zach threat, Wilson. But. How dare you? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm about to bail on Zach Wilson later in this episode. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> so, finishing up Thursday night, Taylor Heineke did finish 46 for 34, 336 yards, one interception, two touchdowns, uh, four. Did I say that backwards? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, anyways. Uh, he finished with 21.04 fantasy points, um, two quarterback leagues and dynasty leagues even. 
Um, you know, this guy is trying to earn the job for the long haul, or at least for the next couple of years. Who knows how much how much longer you know uh, Fitzy's going to play, especially with a, a bad hip injury. So, hey, Taylor Heineke was scrambling a little bit. He probably had about two points tonight, just with his running ability. That's not much, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, he had four attempts, six yards. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, don't forget that running play he had against Tampa in the playoffs last year. The kid can run a little bit. Yeah. No, I he's, mean, I mean, still young, you know, so he's got he's got some legs. Thank you for that history recap. Stay off <laughs> drugs, folks. I, for, I did not remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into some uh, news and notes going around the league recently. Uh, heading into the weekend. We'll start it off with Arians uh, saying that Rojo, uh, Fournette, and Gio Bernard are all starters, uh, in quotes, considered all starters. So um, it's about as committee as you can get. I think Rojo was getting the start this week, but um, it's going to be tough. I mean, they're all figured to see playing time in every single game going forward unless someone goes down. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they basically split carries completely last week, yeah. almost 50-50, and Gio is getting every passing down situation. Yeah, is that kind of how you see it breaking down for or going down You know, every single game going forward? Um, I think for the most part, unless you have uh, one of Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette like, just with a hot hand, like really going to take it off. Um, but I think Gio's always going to be the third down back. God, that just sounds like a nightmare. If you don't have a Tampa Bay running back, just be thankful. You don't have to make those decisions. And, I mean, everyone should know by now with with, with what's going on. You avoid New England, what? You avoid Tampa Bay, you avoid San Francisco. It's kind of like the three go-tos. Those those yeah. running back committees, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. And once uh, Bruce Arians said that, honestly, a lot of that seemed like a lot of like just kind of like coach, like um, psychological play, you know, when they're talking to the media. I don't think Giovanni Bernard's really going to do much, but that definitely makes you worried as far as like starting somebody for your fantasy team and all these guys are liable for touches. Yeah, Bruce definitely seemed to be pandering a little bit with this question. Like, yeah. come on. I mean, it's 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 Arians, so, you know, he's he's just kind of playing probably with the media, but um, I think it, all three of these guys will be involved in some fashion. Uh, Josh Jacobs sat out of practice again Thursday. He's dealing with a toe and ankle injury. Yeah, that's right, folks. Here you are with your Raiders insight from your local Raiders fan. Okay, Josh Jacobs has missed practice the last two days, and he only played 52% of the snaps last week, even though while being a healthy scratch, they put him in the game. He was battling an illness at that point. Now he's battling an ankle injury. And even if he is eligible to suit up for the game, you don't want to start him. He started the game on Monday and only had 52% of the snaps. Now he's actually injured. It's not just a sickness. And we got Kenyon Drake back there, and we also got Trey Regis, a rookie that we love from the preseason and training camp. They're super high on that guy. They have no reason to lean on Josh Jacobs this week. Yeah, I mean, and if Josh Jacobs is out, Kenyon Drake becomes an automatic start. I oh, know they're, I know he's playing the Ravens, but like it's an automatic start because he's going to get you know ninety percent of the touches. Yep. Oh yeah, and he has a huge uh, pass catching option right there, and you know how Derek Carter loves to dump it off when he's facing pressure. At least that's in previous years. It looks a little different now, but he's definitely a uh, pass-catching threat if he is starting. Uh, Greg Roman stated that Tyson Williams' usage in the second half was more of a reflection of wanting to get other running backs involved. Said the days of one back playing the whole game are dead. 
the Ravens also just added Devonta Freeman uh, to the active roster, and Harbaugh suggests that the Ravens will play every single running back in the upcoming game. Add Baltimore to that list of teams you don't want to run back on. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm leaning on the other side of the spectrum for this. This all just kind of seems like another psychological play. Everything he said can can technically be true, and Tyson Williams can still be by far the, the RB1 in that backfield. We know a guy Latavius yeah. Murray back there who's uh, apparently caught up to speed already, and they love him. But, I mean, really, like you really think they're going to game plan for Devontae Freeman to get a lot of snaps? It just doesn't really make sense to me. And and every every running back can get a snap and can get a play. Um, it happens on a lot of NFL teams. Yeah. So, I mean, everything he said is true. It doesn't really diminish Tyson Williams' value in my mind. But uh, Latavius Murray is a notorious vulture in my mind for fantasy because I've picked him up as a handcuff every single year. And just him having a, being a handcuff on my bench, he still gets seven to eight points a game as a floor behind yeah. Alvin Kamara when he was on the Saints. So you really got to keep an eye on to see how much they really do like Latavius Murray. By the way, I just wanted to say being a Raiders fan, watching him, being on the Raiders for years, I've never seen him actually break a tackle. So <laughs> take that with what you uh, will. Uh, Kyle Shanahan on Brandon Ayuk. If he wants to be out there every play, he's got to be a lot better than the guy behind him. So um, I think personally this is probably Shanahan trying to motivate uh, Ayuk a little bit and he's doing it through the press which we've seen coaches do before because obviously Ayuk's going to hear it um, that's the last three things we're talking about here coach yeah. psychological media plays yeah you know Trent Shearfield is there and he's a good player but Ayuk showed what he can do last year I think this is just simply motivation from Shanahan to, to get him to get his poop in the group you know and so I'm I have a Uke in uh, quite a few leagues. I'm benching him this week, waiting to see what happens. Hopefully you guys have someone you can pivot to. On the opposite end of the spectrum, Debo Samuel looking like a clear-cut wide receiver one finally. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah, if he stays guess, healthy. Yeah, not, I guess not finally. We know what he's capable of, but that week one was really promising, man. And maybe that's why he's saying that about Brandon Ayuk trying to like push the competition, what, what James was saying there, just trying to get him to go to the next level. And last little note here, Odell Beckham is not playing on Sunday from head coach Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of weird. Um, I mean, everyone, all the signs pointed to him playing week one, and yeah. now we're out two weeks in a row. Um, you know, it could just be that they're, them doing the uh, the on-field work, like the heavier, like, you know, pregame warm-ups, things like that. He's just not bouncing back as, they, as well as I thought he would. Um, it is what it is. Who knows what his value is going to be coming when he does start to play? Because, like, last year when he was playing, it wasn't great. Um, clearly, Baker has a much better connection with Jarvis Landry. Yep. So, it's hard to say where it's going to be. Um, honestly, I think when he does come back, just putting out there right now, I'd say he's probably a fringe flex player. Yeah. I'm hesitant to even keep him on a roster at this point, you know. Um, I don't have him on any leagues. I didn't draft him at all because I felt like his ADP was too high even for where he was going. So That's interesting that you bring that up because I think OBJ has fallen into that weird space on your roster where it's like you can't start him in your flex, but you really can't drop him at this point. So he's yeah. just kind of hanging out on the bench, That's the taking up zone. a spot. Someone offers you a trade. 
that you kind of like, but you don't want to drop OBJ because it's not worth it. He's almost detrimental to your squad at that yeah. point, just taking up a roster spot and you can't utilize him. I'd say, you know, if there's someone in your league that values big names, try to put at Odell in a trade, you know, maybe with another player to get to upgrade one of your positions and and see if you can just get rid of the headache. Yeah, take advantage of that, you know, that novice in your uh, in your yeah. league cuz there's always most, people. There's always like at least one in every group that is still kind of new to the game and you you might be able to take advantage of it, but, you know. Don't make it obvious though cuz your ass going to get vetoed. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. <laughs> man, whatever. Uh, all right, let's uh let's get into the uh the matchups here. Um covered the Thursday night game. Uh let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. At the Chicago Bears, the Bears are two and a half point favorites at the moment, which I kind of like. Uh, I kind of like the Bengals, not gonna lie. Um, so if I was a betting man, I would take the two and a half with Cincinnati. But um, anybody, yeah. obviously, you know, you're probably you're starting Joe Mixon if he's on your team. Um, any other obvious starters or people? Or what well, do you... Let me ask this: You starting Jamar Chase? Yes. Well, obviously David Montgomery too. Well, but, but, but Jamar, about... yeah, Jamar yeah. Chase, yeah. Um, after last week, yeah. I yeah, mean... I mean, not and it's not just the production. His target share was way up compared to T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So I'm definitely starting Jamar Chase. What about T. Higgins? Then moving on to him. I'm I'm streaming yeah. both uh, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins this week. I just I can't trust it. Like they both had a very small target share compared to Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think it's going to be you know the the Burrow Chase show just like it was in LSU for this team. Yeah, I uh, you know especially if you know Jamar Chase fell quite a bit in ADP if you drafted really close to the beginning of the season just because of his you know poor preseason uh, showing. So if you have him he can probably be your flex pretty comfortably. You probably have two other guys that you can start at your receiver and then throw him at your flex and obviously super flex. So um, definitely starting Chase, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery. Darnell Mooney is another guy that I think is worth consideration this week. Um, he's going he's gonna to start blowing up eventually, but you might want to hold off until Justin Fields starts. So you guys both think the Bengals are going to win? Um, yeah i I like the Bengals. I don't care who wins. We're talking about fantasy here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, basically, what I'm getting at is like, so like we're, we're assuming that the Bengals are going to score a lot of points, and then Chicago is not going to score that many. Well, well not that doesn't that's that's necessarily mean. Yeah, I mean they could both have terrible offenses, and the scores you know thirteen to ten. Okay, I, I honestly I, I see this game being like a shootout, like over if like. Over 50 points. I mean, I guess there is, you know, the thought that maybe Andy Dalton goes off against his old team, like, you know, revenge game. That seems unlikely, but I guess it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just hopeful because I have T. Higgins, and I just really want the Bengals to go off. I need I need that extra offense so T. T. Higgins gets his views. Uh, going back to Chicago, though, um, I'm definitely not dropping off the uh, Allen Robinson train yet. I mean, it's been one oh, week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. obviously. He, his first week wasn't great, but he's – He's just shown that he's a he's a true number one receiver in this league, and he'll get his. I'm not worried about that. Oh yeah, once Justin Fields is on the field, oh his value is going to skyrocket. It seems like, yeah. But I know exactly what you're saying with it being like week two right now. It's so hard to 
uh, really jump ship on a lot of guys. And right now I'm getting a lot of trade offers for David Montgomery. And it's like, uh, man, I'm loving this guy, but it's just too early in the season, man. Like I, I just, I just want to hold on to what I have, you know, like you definitely got to trust what you have. Things change a lot. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit later as far as players are going to have a big difference in week two. Moving on to uh, the next game, Los Angeles Rams taking on the Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil. Um, Rams are three and a half point favorites uh, right now. Um, I really like Cup personally this week and probably talk about that at the end of the show. Um, Stafford, I think, is a good play. Um, Robert Woods, obviously. Um, Maybe even sneak a Van Jefferson flex in there. Two duds last. I mean, maybe. I mean, Van Jefferson certainly seems to be the uh, deep threat on this offense. Um, you know, Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods tend to both do be kind of short and intermediate routes for the most part, and where Van Jefferson's the type of the guy that you know takes the top off the off the defense. So yeah. certainly possible, especially when all of a sudden you have a guy who can throw it twice as far as Jared Goff ever did. So <laughs> I mean. If I'm if I'm going to rank offensive guys on the Rams in terms of where I'd like to start them, Cup is number one. Uh, I put Stafford two, and then Woods, and then probably Henderson. Uh, that's pretty interesting, honestly. I, I, I think that's pretty interesting. The, I think this game's going to be a blowout. Like the Rams are going to win by a lot. The Colts m- might might score more than 14 points, if that. That's how I'm feeling about it. I think the Rams defense is really going to stifle them. So talking about like Indianapolis players, as far as fantasy wise, I, I, I'm not big on Jonathan Taylor. We saw the snap counts and the splits between him and Naheem Hines in week one. I've been talking about it all off season. It's my gut feeling that Jonathan Taylor is not going to be worth his ADP at the end of the season. But um, obviously the Rams have some pretty elite defensive backs and I'm definitely not starting Michael Pittman after what I saw last week. And <laughs> That's who I was just about um, to ask about. Yeah, him possibly being matched up against Jalen Ramsey. I'm curious if it'll be yeah. him though, or if it will be uh Zach Pascal Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, I mean I know he's their third receiver, but he seems to be like the most productive. So I don't know where Jalen Ramsey's gonna be. Yeah. I would avoid Indianapolis's offense this week. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I actually I actually kinda like Hines as a flex play here. Um, I think with, as you said, like the, I mean, the Rams defense is, is crazy, right? So Jonathan, I don't think John Taylor's gonna have a ton of running room. That means I think uh, you're gonna have a lot of playing from behind, a lot of Naheem Hines coming out of the backfield and Carson Wentz is known as a dump off artist, you know, has been for a lot of his career, especially since the injury. And I think Hines, you could definitely see, I could see getting, you know, six to eight catches in this game. And that alone will probably lead to, you know, 60 or 70 yards of production, possibly a touchdown. I'm liking that take. I'll yeah. agree with that one. That's nice. Yeah, Naeem Hines is, yeah, is nice. worth a, an ad or, you know, trade target for sure. Um, next game here, we'll go to the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one is in Jacksonville, and the Broncos are six-point favorites. I'm just going to say right now, this is your classic shit show matchup where <laughs> both teams are going to score a lot of points, and it's just going to be an ugly you think? It's just an ugly game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be an ugly game. The Broncos are probably going to end up with the W, but there's going to be a lot of points to be had on both sides of the ball. Most definitely. Yeah. Um. Actually, I mean, I could see a bunch of points, but I think it's mostly going to be, for the Jags, it's going to be garbage time points. Um, I think Denver's kind of slept on overall as a team. Yeah. Um, just, I, I just, that's just kind of my, my gut feeling. But that doesn't mean that in fantasy-wise, it's not worth a start for, you know, a couple players from the Jags. 
because garbage time points still count as fantasy points. Yeah, so Cortland Sutton coming back. Do you start Cortland? He's on your team? Yeah, yeah. I think, especially with Jerry Judy out, I mean, I think the two biggest beneficiaries that are uh, Sutton and Noah Fant. Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, we talked about last week, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler are going to see a, clearly an uptick. Right. Um, but I think you'll see Teddy Bridgewater really rely on, on Sutton Fant in the, the coming weeks for sure. Well, it seems like we're both agreeing that the Broncos are going to like, they're going to beat the Jaguars, and which means they're probably going to have to lead most of the game. And I, for that reason, I think that this is kind of a, a bit of a reach here. But I think Melvin Gordon, if he gets the opportunity to get the touches, is going to be the guy for the Broncos offense, fantasy-wise. He's going to have the most contract points. Year. Yeah, and he's in the contract year. He did get less carries than Javante Williams last week. But the game script is going to provide for him to really just uh, run the clock out and hopefully get a lot of touches. And I think he'll, he'll probably be uh, the best option out of that for the Denver Broncos offense. And for the Jaguars, you're definitely going to start DJ Shark, and you're definitely starting LaVisca. I mean, I, I wasn't sold on DJ Shark, but last week he had 12 targets, only three catches. So for yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, it, it doesn't matter if he wasn't catching it or if the ball wasn't even close. Obviously, targets is kind of like a, a, a gray area as far as catchable balls and whatnot. But they kept throwing it to him. He had three catches and a touchdown. They obviously see something in him to keep throwing him the ball like that. And LaVisca, just from seeing the preseason and watching Trevor Lawrence, we know by far that is Trevor Lawrence's personal favorite target. Well, in just the manufactured touches that he gets is, you know, it's awesome to see because he has whole plays drawn up for him, you know, specifically. So all he has to do is break one of those in the end zone, and that's a pretty good fancy day, and he can – Obviously, be a flex, wide receiver two, super flex. So, um, I'm star. I have Lavisca in a lot of leagues. I've been pretty high on him. Hey, Trevor um, Lawrence was eighth in uh, passing yards in week one, three hundred thirty. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, Urban Meyer was interesting the way he, I, just the way the whole the way the whole team operated. Carlos Hyde was involved a lot. Are you talking about that future USC coach? <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you guys start James Robinson? If you oh man, I think for most people you're gonna be forced to. I mean, I'm not sure if I if I would want to start him against this defense, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I think for most people, where you draft him, you don't have a choice. Are you gonna have a better option to put into like your running back two spot? That's a perfect answer, honestly. Yeah, we're in week two of the season, and with his ADP, what what's gonna justify um who who are you getting off the bench, honestly? Unless you got Tyson Williams somehow, or unless you unless you drafted before ETN went down. Because then he could be your, you know, you probably picked him up as your running back three, running back four even, you know, in some drafts. So Yeah, if you draft before ETN went down, you need to reach down and grab those bowling ball testicles of yours and give yourself a slap <laughs> I did back. in a couple of leagues. <laughs> uh, uh, let's move on here. Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Bills are three-point favorites. Well, you're obviously starting Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm obviously going to find a way to illegally bet on that three point spread. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, Miami's got a pretty decent defense, and um, they, you know, they're showing some promise. So they'll yeah. be competitive, but they're going to lose by more than three. Yeah. Well, Bills had a tough time with the Steelers' defense. I I expect a pretty big bounce back for Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. Um, who else are you guys? Are you guys even touching Buffalo's running backs at all? Not yet. No. I mean, 
obviously Zach Wilson's gonna be gonna be playing this week. Um, he was Zach. Sorry, Zach Moss. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so who? Was there a trade? <laughs> he was looking at uh, Zach Wilson's mom's Instagram before this. <laughs> hey. uh, but obviously, Zach Moss isn't gonna be a healthy scratch this week. So now it just actually adds more mud to the water in terms of like who's gonna get touches between Singletary, Moss, yeah. and Brita. So I'm not touching any of them. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely all over Stephon Diggs. Yeah, obviously. On the Miami side, my Miles Gaskins' usage was really nice last week. Anchor starting him. Uh, what about the receivers? You know, Waddle, uh, Will Fuller coming back, Devontae Parker. Well, you got to keep in mind that Buffalo has one of the best cornerbacks in the league. i uh, probably get this name wrong. I know the last name's White. Tr- yes, Tredavious White, yeah. And I'm really curious if they're going to put him on Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Jalen Waddle looked really good week one, so they might put him on Jalen Waddle or maybe might one of the situations where, you know, obviously they're uh, roaming around on different formations and he's on different people. So you got to keep in mind that they got one of the best cornerbacks in the league out there, and it might really stifle one of them. And if and if he's on Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle's not going to do anything, I don't think. And if he's on Devontae Parker, you're probably not starting him anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably staying away from all Miami receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's no continuity in terms of where Tua's going with, the, with these balls right now. One weekend, plus, you know, they added all the extra. Waddle and uh, Fuller are new guys. They're still trying to work into it. I'm going to stay away from them right now. Staying away from Tua as well? Oh, geez. Tua, Tua. Yeah, probably. At, at this point, yeah, I am. I mean, it depends on your league. If you're in two quarterback league, you're probably playing him because, you know, right. there's only so many starting quarterbacks. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if if he's your starter in week two, like, what what did you do wrong in your draft? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um. My dynasty team is curious if you would start Mike Jasicki. Not yet. Uh, uh, I mean, he was a complete no-show in week one. Yeah, very um, disappointing. Yeah, it depends on what your team looks like. I mean, we've seen what he can do in the past, but I would definitely probably look to pivot. Pivot! Pivot! <laughs> we need that soundboard, man. I know. We gotta get, <laughs> we're going to get a soundboard and get a bunch of cool drops and stuff like that so in the meantime it'll just be me yelling in the background and giving you guys all your your sweet sound for effects uh next game las vegas raiders taking on the pittsburgh steelers at heinz field let's turn it over to the in-house raiders fan who do you like on the raiders side all right, so on the raiders you're really going to avoid pretty much everybody besides darren waller that's an obvious start for everybody uh, and Josh Jacobs, we went over that a little bit earlier. You, you really, even if they're saying that he's going to start, you're really going to want to find a better option for that. He's not going to, I don't even see him getting more than 50% of the snaps this week, just with how injured he is and the guys we have behind him. Kenyon Drake, John Gruden's obsessed with him. John Gruden was running crazy formations in week one. We had Alec Ingold in the slot. I mean, I'm telling you, we're gonna, if Kenyon Drake's yeah. out there, we're going to run some crazy shit. I'm starting Ingold. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, in deep leagues, Ingold's kind of nice. People are like, uh, who's Ingold? <laughs> yeah. Um, is this kind of dumb, but out of that game, my, my big starts out of that game, obviously Waller is a, a must start, but, uh, Daniel Carlson, I see the Raiders getting into scoring position a lot. Uh, they're very good in the red zone with the team that they have right now, but I don't see them getting into the red zone, getting close enough though to kick field goals. And I see Daniel Carlson maybe putting up four or five on Sunday. Yeah. Tough, tough defense there in Pittsburgh. Um, and the offensive line is hindered. They just lost their guard for the year. The Raiders offensive line did, and we saw what the Steelers did. 
just completely destroyed the Bills, wrecked the whole game line. That could be a major impact. You really want to avoid the Raiders' offense this week. So that means uh, you should probably stream the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, <laughs> I think we're looking at you know a five or six sack game from them and possibly a pick. No, no Brian Edwards love. Uh, at this point, we're talking maybe garbage time points, but I think the game is going to be competitive because of um, the Raiders' slightly revamped defense and Pittsburgh's lack of a rushing game. And uh, the Raiders' new defensive coordinator seems to be pretty solid with stuff. It'll it'll be a big game. We'll realize a lot of things from watching this game. But as far as, yeah, I'm just not doing it. Um, Unless you can change your lineup in the middle of the game and put him in when there's two minutes left, <laughs> I'm keeping him on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on the Pittsburgh side, obviously Najee Harris, hundred percent of snaps he got last week. <laughs> That's crazy. Nobody insane. gets hundred percent of snaps anymore. Yeah. Like everyone comes out for at least like a few plays. A hundred percent of snaps nah, is Najee. crazy. Yeah, I mean that just shows how much that like you know Tomlin and this offense loves him, and it's because it all shows that how versatile he is. He's a great back receiving back too. Mm-hmm. He's he's really a traditional throwback back, a guy who's going to be there all three down. They got off to a bit of a rocky start against Buffalo, but I would not fret. I would be starting Najee, Deontay, uh, Claypool. Um, Juju? I, you can't, you're not going to start all three Pittsburgh receivers. No, so. I would not start Juju. I Honestly, I'm off. I'm fading Juju probably all season. I did it all off season. I didn't draft him anywhere. I really like Deontay Johnson and um, Claypool. So Deontay's their wide receiver one. Claypool's their wide receiver two, big play guy. Um, and Juju's like their slot wide receiver three. So that's interesting that Juju had the second most targets on the team. Yeah, but that's how, I mean, let's be real. That's how it's going to play out. And led the team in receiving. It'll play out <laughs> as I stated. <laughs> I'll give you a little insight here. The Raiders are really big on their nickelback, uh, their slot corner, and he is a rookie fifth-rounder out of Illinois. He does look really solid, but whoever's lining up in the slot for Pittsburgh with all of those receivers that are very capable, I mean, it, it, it could be a huge day for him against this rookie cornerback. Uh, big Ben, worth the start? No, avoid him at all times, especially in bathroom stalls. <laughs> um yeah I, mean, I honestly i agree i mean if you have to start him if uh, if you're for some reason you're streaming already maybe you know you thought fitzpatrick's fitzpatrick's gonna be your guy all year which yeah it's kind of silly to like think he's gonna be the guy all year but you know i think he could end up having a decent game but who knows i mean big ben's probably at this point in his career where i wouldn't expect more than you know 200 yards and like a touchdown a game from him so Moving on to the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, at Lincoln Financial Field in Philly. Uh, Niners are three-point favorites. Um, wow, what a uh, mystery the San Francisco backfield has been. How are you guys managing that? What's new, though? I, I don't even care. At this point, I'm just accepting it, just like New England's backfield. I don't even care. I see someone on San Francisco, I seriously have like almost no interest Trey Sermon in uh, two of the leagues that I'm in went for $47 out of a $100 season-long fab. And then another one went for about 35 That's not even – that's cheap compared to most Hon- Honestly, I did see some things on Reddit and whatnot because I am active in those fantasy football threads and whatnot. Holler at me, at Trey Jose. But, <laughs> yo, there were people getting him Spending for 99 bu- yeah. 
People PS buying for a hundred, yeah, not knowing that Fab doesn't renew every week. But yeah, I, I'm just not. I, I don't see how you could be that Who sold on that? somebody, huh? Who didn't know that? You said you didn't know that. No, no, I've seen people that are spending oh. all of their Fab on players, not knowing that it doesn't renew every week because Fab is a season long budget. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they spent all their hundred on Sermon, thinking it's going to renew the next week. These are just horror stories I'm reading on the internet. Could be fake, you know. If you're making up that fake shit, don't do it. But anyways, what I'm what I'm getting at is, um, I'm not high on stuff like that. I I, I bid five dollars on that dude in both leagues. Yeah, I just saw that. It, it's 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 San Francisco's running. It's it, why would you even get into that? We're already identifying all these running back committees that we're trying to avoid. You know, with San Francisco, Tampa Bay, New England, and uh, you could even include Buffalo at this point. Yeah, no, those uh, as we this is the fourth time we brought up a team already that like you should just avoid their backfield situation, and you just, like there's until one person comes out and it's like shows that he's the guy. I'm not touching any of these backfields. But that's I mean that's kind of why people, including myself, went in for Elijah Mitchell because the chance that he does become the guy you know and i think right i think shanahan does want someone to emerge i'm not i'm not saying don't go out and get these guys if they're available i'm telling you don't start them until they figure it out oh yeah i wouldn't yeah i oh i have mitchell now in like two or three leagues and i think you know i spent like 30 something in one league 40 something in another and i'm totally happy with it honestly because i think just taking the shot and we know how valuable the running back um, spot can be in San Francisco for fantasy. And I think personally, I I do think Shanahan wants someone to emerge. He just loves competition. He really wants someone to take the job. And um, so I think, I think he was worth a shot. I, I'm not starting him this week though. I have other options. So I'm, I'm holding, I know it's hard <laughs> to not start someone. You just spent, you know, half your be- fab for some people, all their fab, you know, for those people that are in that situation, you obviously desperately needed them. Maybe you do need to start them. And if so, I would start them comfortably, not, you know, super confident. But um, for someone like in my position, I'm not I'm not starting them yet. Maybe next week. Well, you basically have two types of people that are going to be playing uh, any running back out of those backfields we were just talking about. Like someone who's going for boomer bus guys or someone who's kind of expecting some kind of like ex- – uh, just really strong consistency out of really strong running games. But if you're one of those people that are expecting a consistent running back out of their strong running game, you're horribly mistaken. Just, I'm telling you, just bail now. Get whatever you can in a trade or anything like that. Like, those guys are not going to win you a championship. You don't want to be starting someone in week 17 or was it week, week 16 now with, with the way that it changed as the far as championship week? Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever week your championship is in, you don't want to be starting somebody that you don't know might only get like four or five carries. But by then, we might have a pretty clear understanding of how the backfield is shaped out. So I, and I think they're trying to figure that out themselves as a team. And whether it's Trey Sermon or whatever is going on with him or Elijah Mitchell, um, I I just think it's too valuable to not at least try to go get a piece. And I want a piece. Yeah, and I mean, with that being said, too, the last two years, or last year and the first week of this year, the only reason that we've had this like crazy like who to start, who not to start for the San Francisco, is because of injuries. Yeah, it's not like they didn't, they couldn't decide who was the best running back. It was right. because everyone got hurt. Yep, and that's probably why they're adding depth too, just for reinforcement. 
Uh, receivers, Debo, obviously you're starting till he gets hurt. Um, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, I'm benching this week. He apparently needs to prove that he's a pro uh, somehow, and so I'm not playing him. Um, let's see, Philadelphia side of the ball. You guys comfortable starting Miles Sanders? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's still the running back one there. Um, I'm starting him no matter what. I mean, he's in terms of fantasy production, he's probably more of a running back two, but on that team, he's their number, first string. He's going to get his, um, and he's the more talented running back on the team. He's you know he's gonna get more touches. Period. Yeah, like we brought up earlier, it's so early in the season with his ADP, you kind of have to start him. Yeah. I mean, at this point, who do you really have on your bench? Elijah Mitchell. Would you start him <laughs> possibly or Tyson Williams? <laughs> I would definitely not start Elijah Mitchell. Um, or Tyson Williams over Miles Sanders. That's just not happening this week. This early in the season, you have to start him. Um, let's see. Kenneth Gainwell, is he worth a flex in your guys' opinion yet? If you're in a deep league, probably. If you're like in one of those leagues that's like 12 or 14 teams, yeah. Um, probably, like, especially 14. Like, you're definitely probably putting him in there. Um, 12, it's kind of a fringe right. deal right now. Um, Love the usage, though. Oh, yeah, it's nice. But, I mean, at the same time, he's not getting almost anything in the passing game. He had three targets last week versus Miles Sanders having five targets with four catches on those. Yeah. Um, that's a huge difference. I mean, you're talking about an extra six points just on catches and yards from Miles Sanders last week. Uh, or J- eight if you're in a standard PPR league. Jalen Hurts starting? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't sure about Jalen Hurts. I did draft him in one, in one of our leagues, um, hoping he might you know go off and – if anything shows week one is going to be that way, like he's going to be a top five quarterback this year. If he's, you know, does anything close to what he did last week. Oh yeah, definitely. J- Jalen hurts is my Daniel Jones of this year. <laughs> so I'm, I expect to have a huge breakout season and have a big impact and finish in the top five. Like big Irby was saying, uh, mostly because of his rushing ability, yeah. adding all those extra points. And uh, he he's looking great so far. So far, that rushing ability hasn't really uh, showed up. It's only been one week, but his passing ability, which we didn't really expect much of, is looking really good. Um, it's yeah. kind of a uh, prove it game this week against a tough tough uh, defense. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Devonte Smith, um, I think you can start comfortably. Um, I know I am. Yeah, he looked like he took that number one role, and he's established himself and uh he's he's their guy i mean i i do agree i think he's certainly uh you know wide receiver two or maybe a flex play but if you look at their target share from last week i mean jalen hurts really spread this ball around it was eight targets for smith six for rager five for goder five for sanders and then you had you know two for Ertz, three for Watkins, whatever but like those top three guys like it was a pretty even target share so I think Devontae Smith is still your number one guy there for sure, but I think there's certainly going to be going to be weeks that you're going to see Rager or Godair, Godair or whatever Godair yeah. um, have much better days. I think Godair can be a, a start at tight end this week too. I believe Ertz is dealing with uh, some injury stuff, but um, they've also been trying to trade Ertz all offseason yeah. and can't do it. So like they clearly don't even want him to be on the team anymore. I mean, he's playing because they don't have a choice, but. He's not part of the offense. So are you telling fantasy owners if they can go there, might as well go there. Yeah, if you're going to go there, you might as well go there. You might as well go there. 
Uh, next game, New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. Um, your boy Jameis, you plugging him in? Yep. Is he plug and play now, week to week? Yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I mean, I don't know who you drafted as your starting quarterback. You probably didn't start Jameis or draft Jameis as your starting. I sure as hell didn't. I picked him up in like the fifteenth round. Yeah. Um, or you got him on on waivers, but he's certainly a quarterback that I would feel comfortable putting in this week. Oh yeah, we saw enough week one. I, we already had our suspicions. If you're paying any attention to see what Jameis Winston's going to do, what did that LASIK really do? Right? <laughs> Obviously, made a huge difference, man. <laughs> Five touchdowns on like 148 yards. <laughs> hey, man, my fiance just did it, and she's good now. Apparently, like five days later, LASIK also fixes fixes color blindness. I don't know because I mean I don't know what why. Really? Hopefully, it fixes setting your fantasy lineups, James. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh. New Orleans receivers, probably not starting anyone there. Um, what about Joanna? Joanna, oh, man, I was just about to get to the tight ends. I'm comfortable starting Troutman and... Oh. No, you're not. No, you're not. You can't say that. <laughs> no, you can't. Get out. All right, I'm comfortable with Troutman. Right. Okay. I'm still comfortable with Troutman. I, and then wait and see what happens this game with Juwan. If he's getting red zone targets like he did last week, then he needs to be the guy there. But Troutman still dominated snaps. So uh, Troutman's worth a start. Like, if I had to choose between Godair and Troutman, I would probably go Troutman. Okay. I think it's close, but okay. You need a Godair. That's worth a Troutman. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, your no. uh, reservation fishing advice. Carol. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and obviously Alvin Kamara started. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, let's see. Obviously McCaffrey, you're starting. Obviously DJ Moore. Go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were discussing this earlier. Um, I came across a neat little stat. Obviously, it's only been one week in the season, but essentially Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore have switched roles as receivers uh, with Sam Darnold running the offense. Last year, uh, Robbie Anderson was more of the underneath, kind of possession kind of guy, getting a lot of targets underneath. DJ Moore was the big play guy, getting uh, the deep plays, and they've switched roles this year. Now Robbie Anderson's, under, uh, Robbie Anderson's a deep play guy like he was with Sam Darnold on the Jets, and DJ Moore is back to his possession receiver role. So, I mean, that's just one week, but it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. You want to pay attention to that. I was really high on Robbie Anderson this year, and I really hope he has a good year. Right now, things are not looking too good. And I'm probably going to sit Robbie Anderson in the league that I have him in. Yeah, I think so too. The only one I really feel comfortable starting is DJ Moore at this point. Um, yeah, I wasn't real high on. I know that Robbie and Sam have the connection from New York, but I, 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 I mean, I, I, I agree. DJ Moore is going to have the higher floor. So, like week in week out, he's going to give you more, you know, consistent production. Where Robbie Anderson is going to have the higher ceiling, where like he'll, he'll have a week where I almost guarantee there's going to be a week where he goes off. He'll go for off for 140 yeah. yards and like two touchdowns. It's and just like, the God damn it, game. why didn't I start him? Yeah, but it's but, the guessing game where you know, and I hate having guys like that on my team where I'm like, when do I start him? Because for five or six games they're going to go off, and then the rest they're probably going to give me duds. But See, that's what I'm talking about. Those boomer bus guys aren't. You can take that risk to try to get a championship with him, but you want those consistent guys, man, getting like 12 points a week. 
I've talked about with you guys plenty of times, man. If you have like a 10 man roster, everyone's scoring 10 plus points. You have a guaranteed hundred every week. You're scoring 120 and like a half PPR league. You have a good chance to win a game every week, just out of consistency, not out of big play guys. Right. Absolutely. That's why your boomer bus players are guys that you're really only trying to start if you have to, because of injury or when you have guys on bye weeks and you just hope that they go boom on those bye weeks. Yep. Uh, next game here, New England Patriots taking on the New York Jets. Um, on the New England side of the ball, I personally really like Damian Harris. I think he's a smash play this week. Um, taking on a not very good defense. He had 20 carries last week um, for 103 yards. Obviously had that fumble. Um, and who knows with Bill Belichick how much punishment um, he will get. But Ramon, uh, you know, Stevenson also had a fumble. So well, I Stevenson like, didn't play like the rest of the game after he fumbled, after, where yeah. Damian Harris still played. Yeah. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, Belichick doesn't seem to hold a grudge from week to week. It's just in the game that time. So I yeah. think you're fine. Damian Harris is probably going to be the guy still. And I'm sure against this defense, he'll have a very nice game. Yeah, he just has to get in the end zone. Um, but I, he was almost my start of the week at running back this week okay he looked really solid and the fact that Ramondre Stevenson fumbled I mean you got to rejoice as a Damian Harris owner for <laughs> uh, anyone coached by Bill Belichick we know what happened to that guy that had like 200 yards and then didn't show up to film the next day and never played for the Patriots again his name is escaping me but you guys know what I'm talking about yeah yeah so um uh, as far as that game what I really wanted to bring up is definitely start the defense against the Jets Bill Belichick's a genius. They have a great defensive coordinator. They were bringing back all these guys that didn't even play last year because they opted out because of COVID. Um, I feel like everybody forgot so easily how the New England's defense, especially just for fantasy scoring, was a top five defense for years and putting up really solid points. And last year they finished about 15th in fantasy because everyone opted out for the COVID list. They brought in those guys plus free agency plus the draft. That defense can only get better. If you don't have the the Patriots defense starting against the Jets, and if they're they're available, you have to start them. And I'm gar- I'm just gonna tell you right now, guaranteed. I'm a guarantee you. <laughs> it's your Jose guarantee ten points. We all know Trey loves a good defense. <laughs> You'll hear about I, it later. Honestly, I I would go. I think ten points might be going low. Everyone knows that Bill Belichick. Fucks up rookie quarterback. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think Zach Wilson has a lot of promise, but he's still a rookie week two early in the season. You know, um, on the New York Jets side, I would probably start Corey Davis, and that's about as nope. big as that list gets. Dude, I'm so far off that. It says the other thing that Bill Belichick does great, he takes away the number one option on the offense. Yeah. And Corey Davis was by far the number one option for, sure. for their Elijah offense last Moore week. was disappointing. And not to mention, they still have, I mean, Stephon Gilmore lost half a step. But he's still Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. And I bet you that he'll come up and press the hell out of Corey Davis, and uh, Zach Wilson will just end up forcing throws that no one wants to see. I, I'm i not starting a single Jets player. What about... Oh. Uh... <laughs> Sorry to cut you off there. I don't know if you're bringing up this player right now, but Jameson Crowder is playing his first game of the season yeah. this week, and oh, that boy okay. is a target machine. Yeah, yeah with, but we don't know what kind of target machine he's going to be with Zach Wilson. Same coach though. He's open. He's different gonna coach. Open, Completely different coach. What are you talking about? Different coach. Yeah. Salah. Salah. This is the first year, homie. Adam Gase was there last year. Yeah. What are you? 
Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, on the New England Patriots, any receivers, tight ends that you'd want to play? Uh, Jonu for sure, because he's clearly the number one tight end there over Hunter Henry. Yeah, uh, the, the feels so good count. to be right about that. <laughs> the snap count difference is insane. It's like seventy-five to twenty-five percent. Like yeah. it's not even close. I told you. Yep. <laughs> well, you did. Hunter's made a glass, so maybe they're just. Yeah, there's that. Get hurt, um, receiver-wise, it's hard until until we see Mac Jones be able to like show you some of big numbers, not just like consistent numbers. You know, two hundred yards. It's not going. That's not going to produce. You know, re- fantasy wide receivers. So, uh, I'm I'm fading. You know, all New England receivers until that happens. Oh yeah, fantasy wise, th- th- this game's pretty lackluster as far as uh, you're probably not going to see a lot of high scoring players out of this game. That's why I wanted to bring up the Patriots defense. It's probably the only one that's really. Uh, someone who you probably could pick up off your waiver wire and then start them. Next game here is the Houston Texans taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Uh, the Bra- yeah, Browns 12.5 point favorites. Is what uh, ESPN shows 13. 13 now? Wow. Um, Browns heavy favorites. I, I mean, obviously we probably could have predicted that. Um, obviously, Chubb, you're starting... How do you guys feel about Baker this week? I'm fading Baker this week. Oh. I believe I'm kidding when I say that. <laughs> I was gonna say. I forgot. I forgot the matchup he had. I, I was looking at a different matchup there. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely liking Baker Mayfield this week a lot. Uh, Houston allowed a lot of passing yards last week, and. Um, I mean, if they're going to let Trevor Lawrence eat the way that they did, Baker Mayfield's going to definitely find a way to do more than what Trevor Lawrence did. Jarvis Landry worth a start? Absolutely. I think Mayfield, Landry, Chubb, all obviously Chubb for sure, but I think Landry and, and Mayfield are easy starts this week. Anything on the Texan side that you would even consider? Brandon Cooks. I mean, if, if he's there, if you have him on your bench, I mean, I think he's an absolute solid flex play. He's gonna be the one. I think he's gonna be the one guy of this entire offense for the entire season that is going to consistently produce. One one person I wanted to bring up since uh, OBJ might miss time is Donovan Peoples Jones on the Cleveland Browns. I mean that guy's just like a physical beast. If he ends yep. up getting a lot of playing time, he might be someone you can pick up off the waiver wire, put on your team, and hopefully eke out you know ten twelve points from him. Kind of curious, 41% of the money, betting money, is going towards the Houston Texans with the plus 12.5. Well, I mean, that line's huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I um, this is obviously off-topic for fantasy football, but, like, that, there's a huge line regardless of, the, of an NFL game. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who the team is and or you know, who's good, who's bad. Like, 13 points is just a lot in an NFL game. I mean, just look at almost any score week in, week out. Yeah. I, I think that's because they look way more competitive than anybody thought they would be. Uh, we all wrote them off as like the worst team in the season. Everybody did, or worst team in the NFL this season. Tyrod, baby, Tyrod got two loans. They have a lot of like savvy old veterans there that are going to keep them. They're not going to win a whole lot by any means. They'll probably still only win three or four they're games, not but go down. But they'll easy, be com- yeah, exactly. They're going to be competitive, which will be which is just good for the NFL because it's fun to watch. Next game here, the Atlanta Falcons are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Uh, Bucks and Brady are twelve and a half point favorites. Um, who you guys like on the Buccaneers side? I mean, as we said already, you're probably not 
I mean, you might have to start Ronald Jones, um, depending on where you drafted him. That's one thing. Um, if I can stay away from the Tampa Bay backfield, I will. And the receivers are another conundrum because, like, they could all produce, um, which yeah. is a, you know, there's a very good chance that that happens. I think you're, I think you're pr- actually pretty safe putting whether in your start in you know receiver one two or flex, you could probably be pretty safe starting all three. Yeah, receivers. you kind of have to. I mean, you're just ro- you're just rolling the dice. I think Tom Brady's a, a smash play, yeah. um, but with the receivers, I definitely like Godwin because I feel like he stands out in the bunch a little bit, but. Antonio Brown's looking good. Um, Mike Evans will show up, you know, every once in a while. And so I think if you have Evans, you, you're kind of forced to play him. This is why I avoided him. I had him quite a bit last year, and I it was just the most frustrating player because you didn't know. I mean, I was forced to start him. He'd give me two points or he'd give me 30. It's like you just got to hope for a big game. Yeah, I mean, and not to mention, I, we understand, like, Antonio Brown's technically the third receiver on this offense, but Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. Yeah. Like, he loves a... Antonio Brown. He fought so hard to get him on the team last year mm-hmm. and then stuck with him when they went through some, you know, some hard times. And, like, Tom, it's crazy. I'm, it's, I don't think Tom Brady's loved another receiver ever as much in his career, and he's had guys that he's absolutely, like, just adored. But for whatever reason, maybe he just sees Antonio Brown as the uh, – the more he's clearly the most you know talented of his like receivers outside Randy Moss. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. It's it's crazy how much like he loves Antonio Brown. Falcons side of the ball. And first of all, it's crazy how much I hate Antonio Brown. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Remember, on, he, he's a Raiders fan. That's why there's a specific reason. Yeah. So on the Falcons side of the ball, I believe if you have Russell Gage, and you are really needing someone to put in your flex, why not just throw him in there because the Buccaneers are going to go up early in this game. They're going to be ahead probably the entire game. It's going to be garbage points yeah. the whole time. Gage put up a huge goose egg in week one, only had two targets, zero catches, zero yards. But we know he's a wide receiver, too. Apparently third on the targets list behind um, Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. But I believe he's also behind Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson at this point. But at this point, we'll, we'll see what happens. Russell Gage, if you have to start him, and I would definitely sit Mike Davis. Because going to get up against the Buccaneers' defense, yeah, tough, tough. Holy bro. moly, he's already splitting carries, and the Buccaneers' defense ain't gonna let him do anything. Yeah, no, I actually I like that that take. Um, I think Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts are easy starts, and I think yeah. I actually think that Gage is a very good flex play this week because, as you said, they're gonna be down big, they're gonna be thrown all all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I think they're those three, you know, top guys that, for pass catchers are all gonna have pretty good games. Yeah, for sure. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and yeah. Russell Gage definitely worth consideration. Probably might be one of the few games where you can actually play Russell Gage. So, <laughs> yeah. not to mention, just look at what happened last. I mean, Dallas put up a ton of points and a ton of yards on this defense. Yeah. Not so much, not so much on the ground, but through the air. You know, Dak Prescott had himself a day. Yep, and he has you know better weapons, but that I think is more of a deal on Tampa's passing defense and not as much as it was the weapons of uh, the Dallas offense. Oh, yeah, they only allowed 60 yards to the Dallas run game. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, two very good running backs. I mean, come on now. Next game here is the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. The Cardinals are three-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Uh, Let's start on the Arizona side. Who do you like? I'm liking Rondale Moore this week. Um 
some pretty hyped up rookie in the preseason, and he was one of the highest rated rookies of week one from Pro Football Focus, which you can kind of take with a grain of salt. I don't know how you guys feel about Pro Football Focus, especially <laughs> fantasy football wise, but um, I see that as a good sign for him. AJ Green seems to be more of like a distraction Taking at shots. this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Rondo Moore might uh, might have another uh, pretty good game for you if you keep an eye on and uh, if you can get an eye on him. Yeah, Kyler Murray, you're playing. He's a stud. He's going to have a huge year. Hop, you're playing. Um, Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think I think you could play Kirk or Moore in your flex this week, but the issue is picking the right one. I think one of them goes off, and the other one will be a dud. Um, so, you know, flip a coin, see who, you know, if you have one of them and you think that they could be a better option than whoever else you have on your, on your roster, I think, you know, I, I'd roll the dice with them. Um, uh, the running back situation, are you touching it? Uh, no, not yet. I like Chase Edmonds. He, he's going to win that job by the end yeah. of the year. They, I mean, they are not going we to We said that last year. James it didn't Conner. happen. Yeah. And I was a big Chase Edmonds believer last year. I had him on my freaking bench all year long. It never freaking happened. It's because Kenyon Drake is better than everybody thought. Kenyon Drake is way better than James Conner. James Conner is not going to take that job away from Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I thought Chase Edmonds looked much better. One um, of the most explosive players I saw week one. I didn't see everybody, but man, when I saw that, him with the ball, I was like, damn. The thing that worries me is that James Conner did get the goal line touches. And so hopefully that doesn't continue or you know Edmonds can make some plays from further out, but Edmonds is if you're gonna start one, Edmonds is is the guy, and and I'm comfortable putting Edmonds in my flex. Is James Conner a cancer to that offense? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, if you if you have to go down. go ahead and do it, but uh, but honestly, I'm I'm gonna stay away from that backfield until there's a little more clarity. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. You like that? I mean, how, obviously you're starting. Dal- <laughs> <laughs> you're obviously starting Dalvin, and you're gonna start both Justin Jefferson and uh, and Adam Thielen. Like, there's no question about that. Yeah, put this, some respect on his name. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the surprising thing if you look at their target share last week. So Thielen had ten, Jefferson had nine, KJ Os- Osborne yeah, also had nine up. targets last week. Yeah, I picked him up in a couple leagues where I had room just to kind of see what happens. But he was nine targets last week and, and looked two, pretty good. Had two more catches and more yards than Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he looked pretty dynamic. It does seem to be like the hot pickup. I mean, that, that offense does need a third pass a, a pass catching option. They yeah. never really had one as far as like their tight ends and whatnot, so it should be interesting if he develops into that person. Dalvin Cook, you're starting. Hopefully you're not forced to start Kirk Cousins. But... um. Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in Inglewood. The Chargers are three and a half point favorites. My personal opinion is this is going to be an extremely high scoring game. So I'm starting everyone I can on the Chargers. You're going to start everyone you can on the Cowboys to an extent. Um, I mean, is there anyone you wouldn't start? Oh, well, let me ask this then instead. Uh, would you rather have Mike Williams or CeeDee Lamb? CeeDee. It's close, but it's CeeDee. Yeah. Um, just because he's more dynamic overall. Mike Williams is more, he's your big guy. He's going to be your possession and like throw it up to him deep. Well, situation. for this matchup in particular. CeeDee. Uh, for this particular matchup, possibly Mike Williams. Yeah, I mean, it's close. The, the, def- 
the Chargers' defense and their corners are much better than than Dallas's are, and I could see them doing a lot of Derwin James on, uh, on on CD Lamb because he's you know dynamic enough to stay with him. Yeah. So I could see that. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely starting like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler, obviously, are all start. Justin Herbert's a start. Dak, and then on the Dallas side, uh, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Dak Prescott, Zeke, they're all starts. Like this is going to be a highly, as you said earlier, like a very, very high scoring game. Yeah, I think it hits the over. Yeah, for sure. For easy, and then you know, and actually give a boost to both Amari and um, CD because Gallup is out. You right. might be, so I guess with a Gallup being out, is Cedric Wilson a flex play at all? I don't think I would go. I think you probably have better options. I would imagine on your team. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. At this point in the season, you probably have people you're more invested in, and it's it's tempting. I, I see no reason to do it. There's going to be a lot of points scored, and you want time or pieces of this, but I I wouldn't go that deep. Um, on the oh, we already covered both. Let's go to the next game here: Tennessee Titans taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks are six point favorite. Right now, who do you like on Seattle side? Basically everyone. Um, I mean, this Titans defense is atrocious. We saw that last week. I mean, yeah. Arizona lit them up, and it's arguable. You can arguably say that Seattle has the better overall package of options. You know, on the offensive side, um, you know the combination of Tyler Lockett with with DK Carson out of the backfield. Um, you know, that's not a, an argument that you. Yeah, I think it's it's one you can have. So I'm starting, you know, all four plus you know, obviously then adding Russ. Yeah. And I'm those are all four very easy starts. Russ could be top QB after this week. I mean, you know, in during this week. I think it's gonna be another decently high scoring game. Um, and I see Russ having a big game, comfortable starting all those receivers. Rashad Penny's out. Um, so comfortable starting Chris Carson, obviously. What about the Tennessee side? Anyone that you wouldn't start, Julio? Yeah, no, I'm I'm fading Julio until we see something more. Uh, The bigger question is, what do we expect from Derrick Henry this week? I mean, he was he was an absolute flop in Week One, and he's going up against a pretty decent run defense in Seattle, who you know was a top five run defense last year. Didn't let the Colts have a whole lot last week. So, I mean, what do you expect from Derrick Henry this week? You know. could be tough sledding, but you're forced to play him. Again, yeah. he was your first-round draft pick. I mean, you don't really have a choice. So I think some of this is them trying to maybe keep him a little more healthy, you know, because they want him in the playoffs, obviously. So I, you got to play him. Um, I think this game could be like a secret shootout. Yeah. Another, another high-scoring game there. I think it. I think it will be high scoring. Yeah, for sure. You know, I like AJ Brown, obviously, uh, but outside of that, I'm. I don't know about Julio. I I definitely want to see another week before I'm super comfortable with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But yeah. he was getting drafted right where you know pretty high, so his ADP was pretty high this year, and that's why I don't have him on any of my teams. So exactly, like <laughs> I said, folks, the ADP for preseason is garbage. Do your own research, man. Look at <laughs> look, look at what's going on. Some of these ADPs were ridiculous this year. Yeah, 
And, you know, fun little tidbit about Derrick Henry. In the two games last year that he was held uh, to his lowest marks, which were like 50-some-odd and like 62 yards, something like that, in the two games uh, following, he went for almost 200 yards on both of them. Um, so he tends to be the guy who likes to bounce back after a poor game. Yeah. So, you know, that's food for thought. Um, and as you said, you're clearly starting Derrick Henry. No one's going to bench Derrick Henry. Right. But, you know, you could, I think you'd be a little optimistic about it if that's if that is the case. Thank you for giving me hope. <laughs> Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I thought it would be a little bigger than that, but uh, that's where it's at right now. 84% of the money is on the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Obviously, Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Tyreek, you're starting. Clyde, are you... How do you feel about Clyde this week? Um, I mean, you probably have to have one of to those start guys, him. Yeah, he's one of the guys that you're gonna start him. Um, but if you have, let's say, you picked up Elijah Mitchell, would you consider it starting him over Clyde? Definitely not. I don't think I would either. I yeah, think I start <laughs> I'm leaning that way too. I mean, the uns- at least at least in Kansas City, we know who the guy is there for yeah. the backfield. It's, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Whereas, you know, anybody in San Francisco, you just it's that's a complete toss up. I mean, you're you're playing with fire at that point. Any other receivers besides Tyreek worth a play here? Not at this point. I got uh Miko Hardman on one of my teams and he's just not looking like he's being he's targeted being very much and yeah. being uh very impactful at this point. But like I said, we're in week one of the season. He's technically the wide receiver too, so I'm holding on to him, but I'm not starting him. Uh, Baltimore Ravens side of it. You're starting Lamar. Uh, what about that running back situation? Are you comfortable starting Tyson Williams with uh, the recent news that we covered earlier? I definitely am, like I was saying. I, I feel like they're definitely going to spread the ball around, but Tyson Williams is going to be the one who gets the ball the most. Um, he's the most established. The only person I can see really eat, like biting into his carries would be Latavius Murray, who is just not – a just from what I know as being a Raiders fan and seeing him most of my uh, time as a Raiders fan, he's not the type of runner that Baltimore is looking for. So they're going to probably lean on Tyson Williams more. The other guys aren't up to speed yet. I still like Tyson Williams. Um, I think he's a, he's a flex play. Um, yeah. He's going to end up having a bunch of touches you know, taken away from him just by this committee you know, situation going they have going on at this point, but he's still going to be the lead back there. So I would still consider him a flex play. I think he's worthy of a flex play, too. If you're really hurting at running back, I think you can plug him into your RB2, but um, you just really have to worry. Latavius is going to take goal line touches away from him. It's just it's going to happen. Um, I'm just going to say right now, if John Harbaugh expects Latavius Murray to bowl over somebody at the goal line, it's not happening. He runs straight up. He has his whole career. I am not exaggerating when I say I've never seen him break a tackle. <laughs> I'm serious, folks. He will. He gets contact, and he goes down. Are you talking about a goal line possession where he's going to steal a touchdown? He's not getting through unless the hole is there. He's not, he's not forcing his way through anything. Baltimore receivers, are we starting any of them with confidence? Not confidence, but... You know, seeing Marquise or Hollywood Brown, you know, actually have a decent plays. 
he was making plays and he had, and he had a decent target share last week. I think he had eight targets. Yeah. Um, which is I think more than he had almost all like last yeah, year he was getting is. you know four or five at yeah. best most games. Yep. So the fact if I'd probably sit him this week because I want to see if it's true. Right. Um. But if I if I see another game from him with eight nine targets, I'm gonna start to consider to him be a flex play like week in and week out. Yeah, definitely an opportunity where the Kansas City Chiefs take a big lead and they force the Ravens to have to throw the ball a lot. So I think Hollywood's worth a, a look in your flex. Uh, but I wouldn't get any crazier than that yet. I, w- I would bring up Mark Andrews. I am an owner of Mark Andrews in a couple leagues, and if you're anything like me, I would start looking for other options pretty soon. Last year, I had my hopes high, and just the connection wasn't there. The drops were there. Uh, inconsistent accuracy between the two just all season, and it looked like the same thing against the Raiders last week. So it looks like they might have lost their connection that they had a couple of years ago. And if you have Mark Andrews starting a tight end, you might want to find another option for your season-long tight end. Bold. Uh, Monday night game, the Detroit Lions take on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. The Packers are currently 11-point favorites over the Detroit Lions. I have uh, read some news that the Packers will be wearing all of their knee pads. So they should be okay on that front. Um, how are we feeling about this game? Wait, is that real news? What? No. <laughs> oh, no I was like, what? Remember Dan Campbell? They're they're eat, they're taking knees. They're taking kneecaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. my bad. Don't yeah. do drugs, kids. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, honestly, I said this last week. I'm starting everybody I can for the, for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, they're gonna be so pissed off after like they're showing last week. I yep. plus, I mean, they're in Green Bay. You know, at Lambeau Field on a on, at a night game. Right. I mean, I don't. I'm starting everyone outside of you know MVS and like Lazard. Yeah, I think you have to wait on the wide receiver too for the Packers and see who really emerges. I think if it if it's anyone, it's MVS. And if you're in a tight pinch, you need to find a flex. MVS could be that, but um, I I agree. I'm starting everyone with supreme confidence. I think uh, Rodgers, Devontae, both have big days. I'm comfortable starting Robert Tunyon. Um, obviously Aaron Jones and maybe an A.J. Dillon. I, I think A.J. Dillon's a, a flex play. I think he could very well be. I think that Green Bay's going to come out the gate. I could I could imagine them being up by 20, 24 points at halftime. Right. The way they come out. And then you're going to see Aaron Jones maybe for another half a quarter. And then it's the AJ Dillon show, and I could absolutely bet that he'll get a touchdown. Bang a couple in the end zone there. Detroit Lions, um, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams returning to his old team. Um, anybody, obviously Hawkinson, you're probably playing. Um, anyone outside of Hawkinson with any confidence? Well, I know Tyra Williams is out this week, which means their wide receiver one is out. And I'm not really big on the Lions receivers, but if you have faith in them and we all predict them to be losing the entire game as far as the game script, then uh, definitely pick up some Lions receivers if you can. looks like uh, Tyra Williams, who is an often injured player, is out this week. So maybe uh, pick up a waiver wire guy and get that flyer. It's all it's the Almond Raw St. Brown show right now. But yeah. I mean, he's going to be number receiver number one this week. Uh, and I think you could... Realistically, have him, 
Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift as reasonable flex plays this week um, because they're going to be behind. They'll be um, end up throwing a bunch. Plus, you have Jared Goff, who can't throw the ball more than 10 yards on the field. Alrighty, well, that'll do it for the matchups. Let's round out the show with our starts of the week. Let's go ahead and start with the quarterback position. Uh, Ty, you want to start us off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a perfect segue because my start of the week is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. He's going to come out, and I just I could absolutely see have him see like three, 250, almost 300 yards, and like three touchdowns in the first half. Wow. I don't, I'm not exaggerating. I can't wait for Monday. <laughs> of course, it's the last game of the week. You got to wait the longest uh, for it. Man, my, my quarterback start of the week is going to be Baker Mayfield going against the Houston Texans defense. Houston is definitely more competitive than people thought they would be, but they let Trevor Lawrence get 19 points. So they're going to let Trevor Lawrence, first-year quarterback, first-year coach, the Jaguars, the quarterback of the Jaguars, let him get 19 points. Baker Mayfield is going to get more points than that. My quarterback of the week is going to be Justin Herbert um, taking on the Dallas defense, who is – um, bad and going to be really fun for fantasy all year because hopefully everyone who plays them is going to be putting up some points. So I like Justin Herbert a lot. I wouldn't worry about uh, week one. I know he wasn't great, but that Washington football team defense is very good unless you can run a quarterback option read and run 22 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> so no, but in all seriousness, I really like Justin Herbert. He looked good. It was just kind of a weird game. The touchdowns didn't come. He had that one weird play. With, there was a fumble out the back of the end zone through the ball, and they called it a fumble. And obviously, uh, turn of possession there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate starting Herbert at all this week. I think he's gonna have a big week. Uh, wide receivers. Skipping running backs. Oh, you want to do running backs? Yeah, I didn't have any. I thought I we were going in order. No. Oh. Yeah, they're part of fantasy football, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do running backs then. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, my running back for this week, start of the week, David Montgomery. Um, looked really good against um, possibly the tough, the best defense in the league last week against the LA Rams. I think Chicago heavily, heavily leans on him, um, especially with Andy Dalton still at QB. He's one of the rare, like, true workhorses. Um, you know, in the league still. So you have Cordell there, of course, but they are going to lean on um, David Montgomery as much as they can. Cincinnati, not, you know, a horrible defense, but not, not the Los Angeles Rams. So um, I expect a big, big day from Montgomery. Yeah, that seems like a a definite, definitely good pick there. I'm going to go with, Jamal Williams is my running back start of the week. Okay. Ah. <laughs> yes, I know. This is someone I was picking up late in the draft, just hoping that he would uh, take over wow. that backfield. He obviously hasn't taken over that backfield, but just like we were uh, talking about this Detroit-Green Bay game, we see Green Bay taking a big, league early, a big lead early on, and the Detroit uh, situation is just going to end up playing out in Jamal Williams' favor, really. I mean, they had 30 uh, targets between... Uh, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Hawkinson in the first week. Nine went to Jamal Williams. I mean, I mean that that's a lot for a, a backfield committee to split yep. between them. And I see Jamal Williams kind of uh, getting it, uh, getting a shot to 
take over this backfield, hopefully, and just show why he should be starting over DeAndre Swift. All right. Uh, my story week at running back is going to be Chris Carson uh, against the Titans. Uh, we already discussed it a little earlier. The Titans' defense has been really bad, or you know, showed really badly last week against Arizona. And it, last week, everyone talked about, you know, Kyler Murray in the passing game. No one wanted to bring up the fact that they also gave up over, the Tennessee Titans defense gave up over 150 yards on the ground. Only 20 of those went to Kyler Murray. So it wasn't mm-hmm. Kyler Murray going off for 50 yards. Right. Yeah, you know, it was only 20 yards. Chris Carson, you know, he's the number one back in Seattle. You have less Rashard Penny's out. You're going to get a few more touches to him because of that. I see Chris Carson have a very big game. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, is it cool if we do receivers now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please proceed. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll start my receiver for the week. Uh, Cooper Cup. Go Eags. Um, he was the favorite wide receiver last week in L.A., led the team in targets. He had six more targets than the next wide receiver. Uh, he also had two red zone targets, which was tied for the most on the team. Uh, the Colts looked terrible in the past. Uh, their past defense looked horrible against Russ last week in the Seahawks. Obviously, Russell's you know elite, but um, I think Stafford and, and this uh, Los Angeles attack can do the similar uh, damage. So um, I've also seen that in some articles and stuff that the Colts defense is kind of built to limit the big play and give up stuff underneath, which is kind of Cooper cups, bread and butter. So I expect a, a big game uh, from Coop. I'd agree with that. Yeah, my uh, wide receiver start of the week is going to be Mike Williams, Los Angeles Chargers receiver, and he's going up against Dallas. I just believe that he's uh, essentially going to repeat his week one, or week his week one stat line, and get you know just about twelve targets, double digit targets. Hopefully, get a touchdown around a hundred yards. Um, hopefully, this is his coming out year. But we've been saying that for like four years now, so we'll see what happens. Uh, oddly enough, I'm staying in LA as uh, my, my cohorts have, um, but I'm going with Keenan Allen. It's hard not to, man. I know. Uh, I'm going with Keenan Allen. I understand he's you know, he's a top flight, he's a receiver one, and for everybody, right? I understand that, so it's not like the most outrageous thing to say. But I mean, against this defense of Dallas, who I think will be giving up more yards this week because Demarcus Lawrence is out, which is by far their best pass rusher. That just means that there's more time for Herbert to go back there and sling it around. Yes, sir. Big big points in that game. Uh, tight ends, starts of the week. Uh, I like Noah Fant. Um, as everyone knows, Jerry Judy's out, and I think Noah Fant might be the biggest beneficiary. Um, eight targets, six receptions for 62 last week. He throws a touchdown on that. That's a pretty good – that's a top week for a tight end. Um just uh yeah, just needs that that touchdown production, some red zone targets. I like Noah Fant this week. He is my tight end. Well, my tight end this week's gonna be Gronkowski. If you need to know which team he's on, you should probably shoot yourself. <laughs> Last week he went eight uh he had eight targets, had eight catches, uh just a killer stat line. He was the only tight end that was targeted, and I see him uh, continuing this as long as he does not get injured. I'm going to continue riding the Gronk train until he gets an injury. 
And I almost see this being a game for him and Brady, just kind of like having fun with it, knowing that they're going to win anyways. Why would they not just kind of shit all over the Falcons again just for fun? They're on a different <laughs> team now. It's like, okay, we did it on the Patriots years ago. Let's do it on the Buccaneers. Completely yeah. different squad. I mean, let's just do it again just for fun. I mean, you know how it is like competitive football players just being an athlete. Why would you not want to shit on them again and just, just flex on them even just for personal joy? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They're like, let's throw it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, 28-3, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my tight end of the week, I'm actually going back to LA. I'm gonna going, put... going, <laughs> back, back. Jeez. I'm buying a timeshare in LA, guys. <laughs> um, going Tyler Higby. Alright, it's time for the Rams. So, last week, when the Seahawks played the Colts, they gave up 60 yards and touchdown to Will, Will Disley and Joe Leverett, right? Not huge numbers. What I'm focused on is the 100% catch rate. They targeted five times, five catches. They're all easy catches. Look, they were always wide open. I expect Sean McVay to be able to game plan Tyler Higby open for some big plays this week, and I guarantee a tutter. Wow. Guaranteed. Oh, that's your early guarantee at a week there. And speaking of, do we have a Trey Jose certified lock, locked and loaded, not Defense. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt yourself there. I can't think uh, of anything else. All right, James is having a stroke. Don't we'll worry. work on that. We'll work on that one. Hey, uh, we, we got we'll your, work on a title. We got a working title. We got your Jose defensive start of the week. Okay, folks, you're, you're worried about who to start. Okay, I guarantee you, every single week you listen to this, whoever defense <laughs> you start will not get you negative points. Okay, so it will not go against your your points total, which is always the worst when you're starting a defense. This week, you're gonna want to start the Patriots defense against the Jets. This is a uh, this is a defense I was targeting in drafts just because I I know of the uh, potential that they can have and they're probably still available in your league and if they are pick them up man they're going up against Zach Wilson big Irby touched on it earlier Bill Belichick just loves to shit all over rookie quarterbacks and I expect nothing less this weekend nothing less well that'll do it for us uh, for our weekend preview good luck to everyone. Uh, on Sunday and Monday, we will be back Tuesday morning with a waiver wire show for next week. I guess you could say we'll see you next Tuesday. So we'll be seeing you next Tuesday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, also on Spotify, and we will catch you later. <laughs>